Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. Hey weirdos, I want to share something with you I've been doing for a couple of months now. It is called Forbidden Bingo with my friend, DJ Rockstar Aaron. We are both from Denver. Uh, Great human. Something that they put on virtually out of the kindness of their heart every week. And I'm just going to start by saying it's 18 plus, just so you know. Um, but it's Forbidden Bingo. Forbidden Bingo is so much fun. You can play it in person if you live in Colorado or if it plays other places, or you can play it virtually online every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Wow, I'm bad at time zones. But you know what? Just go to ForbiddenBingo.com, grab your tickets, and tell DJ Rockstar Aaron and Rich and all the other people that are playing that I sent you. That's ForbiddenBingo.com and unofficially, officially sponsors this podcast. Hey listeners, if you're new here, of course, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, the only inclusive podcast about imposter syndrome. This is the final episode of season one, and I'm so excited to share it. It features JR from the Time Capsule Show podcast, uh, and it was a really great time being on theirs and cross-collaborating, and that's kind of how I want to leave this season as we go into season two. Uh, Collaboration between content creators and uh, podcasters and people who create in this world right now in this pandemic, given that it's just a shit show. It's been so nice because that's how we have grown. I haven't put a single ad dollar behind my podcast and I'm proud of where it's going. Uh, again, I have merchandise, uh, live your nineties fantasy, please don't kick me out.com slash shop. If you want to be interviewed for season two, just know that I have a back catalog of so much stuff I have to get through, but I want to be more intentional with my podcast. I want to be showcasing things that make sense to me. And at the end of the day, it's my podcast, right? So it's it's what I put out in the world. So if I don't feel like it jives, I'm going to let you know. Uh, but of course, I am inclusive. So I believe everyone has a story. It's just how you spin it. So of course, send me your pitches, podcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the show with JR from the Time Capsule Show podcast. Give them some love. Rate me a five on Apple if you feel so inclined. And uh, Uh, hit me up pdkmopodcast at gmail.com i look forward to your pitches i'm interested in sponsorship sponsorship collaboration and all that stuff so hit me up sounds good and mahalo for all of your continued support hey how are you I am doing really well. Um, at the time of recording this, you know, I only have a little bit of time left before my husband gets here. And of course, before we hop on into it, this is of course the podcast about imposter syndrome. Please don't kick me out. And the lovely voice you're hearing on the other end is genres. Genres, would you like to give your elevator pitch who you are, what you do, etc.? Of course. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me today. I'm really happy to speak with you. And I can't wait to dive into more about imposter syndrome. But just a little bit about me. My name is John Ruse. I'm based here in New York, and I am the co-host and producer of The Time Capsule Show, where we define life in the 21st century through everyday people with everyday stories. And one goal of ours is to show that everyone has similar successes and similar struggles. And No matter where you are in life, no matter what occupation you have, where you're from, we can all find something to relate to. When I'm not podcasting, I do work in media and advertising. So unfortunately, I started working during the COVID season, pandemic season. So I haven't been able to go to the office yet. But hey, this is a new world we're living Mm -hmm. in, living through the Zoom-esque work from home stuff. So it's been a very different experience and I can't wait to tell my grandkids about it in the future. <laughs> oh, I love that. No, you are such a breath of fresh air and your podcast, let me just say, is really wonderful. I had the privilege and the opportunity. I'm always so humbled to be on a podcast. I was, I got to be on it. And uh, of course, my listeners, I will share that link once it's live as what, you know, and I'm sure that if you've got listeners coming from your podcast to listen to this, hi and welcome. This is the podcast about imposter syndrome. So you reached out to me through matchmaker.fm, which is a really great platform for content creators that can 
connect podcast to podcaster. Um, and a lot of times free and not monetized. I do pay for the premium of it. Um, and it, it, it's really been a blessing to connect with so many people, but it, it's nice when I get a pitch like yours, where it was just very, very interesting. And I was actually closed down for interviews. And I was like, no, I actually want to interview you guys. Let's, let's get it going. And something I said to you and something that like I've been a lot more firm on is it's collaboration for collaboration these days. And so thank you for letting me be a part of your podcast. Thank you for being part of mine and being so open to it. And I'm glad that we can tell your story because you have a really interesting one. Like even when I told you before we press record, I was looking at yourself. I was like, dang, you've done everything. Uh, so have I as well. <laughs> so um, yeah, thank you so much for being here. So let's hop into the first question, which is, do you feel like you have it all figured out? No. And I don't think I've ever had it figured out and I don't want to ever have it figured out. You know, I think that, you know, we talked about this when we recorded our my, on my show earlier, how it's BS, how people expect us to know everything at yeah. 18. They expect you to know your college major. They expect you to land a job at 22. And you know what? There's many people who just don't know what they're doing. Everyone in college is just lost. Everyone in their early 20s is just lost. And I'm one of those people. And I am not afraid to tell the world that I don't know what the heck yeah. I'm doing. Well, how old are you? <laughs> 22. 22. But you have your poop in a group a little more than the average person. I think a lot of that comes from um, being on the East Coast, being from New York, and also like the hustle and drive and the grit and grind of it. When I hear you speak, I don't hear a 22 year old that doesn't have their shit figured out. So first of all, do, <laughs> do it's okay to not have it figured out. We also talked about that. It's okay to not have it figured out. But on that flip side, yeah, there was no college education that said, this is how you've fill out your taxes and your W-2 and you're going to need to do this. And this is exactly how much we should be putting into our 401k. What's a 401k? Let me explain that. Like <laughs> what's insurance? How do I advocate for myself? How do I negotiate a raise? There was none of it. And right. I remember getting out of college and getting my first internship and then my, and then ultimately my first job at an advertising agency, looking around the room and being like, and this is all, this is all we do. We collect a paycheck and then we go home and they're like, yeah, this is life. And I go, I don't like this. <laughs> and, and then I was very depressed for a majority of my twenties. And now I podcast and talking to a microphone, but you and I have a similar pathway of working in media. And, um, there's something very beautiful about the creativeness that comes from working with brands, but I just got sick of working for brands. I wanted to work for myself. So, you know, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't figured it out. It's really a blessing that anyone listens to this podcast at all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of 401ks, I don't even know what the heck that is. My coworkers are always talking about it and all the other new hires are talking about it. And I, honest to God, I haven't put a penny into 401k. I don't even know what the heck that is. I mean, you should, but I, <laughs> there, I don't know why. I couldn't give you a reason why. It's good for retirement, but you can't touch it, right? So you can be penalized right. if you're under a certain age. I went to Sylvan. My, my listeners know this. Don't quote me on anything. Sometimes I'm dumber than a doorknob. Went to Sylvan for math. So don't don't look for me for my 401k, but I did, I, I did work insurance for a hot second. And in order to get your insurance license in the state of Colorado, you have to also learn about stocks, bonds, and 401ks. And so mm. I memorized a lot of stuff and I still know random facts. I always say I'm, I'm so good at pub trivia. No one's bad at pub trivia. You know, that's an unpopular opinion that I could get to later, but no one's bad at pub trivia. <laughs> Everyone has useless knowledge sitting around their noggins that can work for things. And for some reason I can just pull out these random insurance facts. I don't know why I just, that's why it was so easy for me when I worked for um, the title and escrow insurance that I was most recently at, because it, once you understand insurance terms and oh my God, it's boring. Uh, you then really understand kind of how things work and you can dumb it down to make it make sense for the average person, which I kind of always enjoyed. Um, you know, I, one of the biggest flexes is that I was able to make title insurance look sexy. Oh, <laughs> I know. Cause you used to work in real estate. It's, right, it's right. very impossible to do that, but I, I tried real hard. <laughs> Bless my heart. Yeah. But I, I, I've had a really weird career and go of things. And honestly, I, there's days I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I have no idea. So you're right on track. And the fact that you're feeling this way at 22, think about where you're going to feel when you're at 25, 27. Those are some oh, really monumental milestone years. Um, well, I'm 32. So, uh, I remember being like the young one in the office and they're like, Oh, you're still young. And now I'm like, honestly, age is just a number, like whatever. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, speaking of age, I just wanted to say that, like, I was just talking with my, one of my coworkers the other day, and she was telling me how, oh, my God, you better enjoy being 22, because once you're 25, people start to expect you to what? get your shit together. No. People expect you to start getting married and to have kids at 25. No. And I'm like, no. what the heck? What is society, like, putting on to us? No. Well, I will say, <laughs> I will say that your 20s, okay, especially as a woman, and maybe it's a, it's, maybe it's a little different for, for men, especially um, straight identifying men, or, or, or um, I, don't, I don't mean to assume, but you, you mentioned children. So I'm thinking, you know, you're probably a straight identifying male. <laughs> and so, uh, which is uh, rude of me to just assume that, but anyway, um, there is this notion of we're in this rat race in your twenties. It was like, no one wants to be friends. It's either dating or, or are we going to get married? And it was very polarizing because everyone was like racing towards the altar. And isn't the average age of people getting married these days, like 37 or something. Right. It's on the, the higher end. It's on the higher end because yeah. of all of the sea of opportunity and the swipe culture. Um, so I had to always remind myself that I, I was on my own journey, but I'm not going to lie. It was hard seeing people get promoted around me and doing better than me and thriving and provided they weren't living in Denver. Denver is a really hard city to make it in. Um, Denver is a place where you go as a stepping stone or you come back as a big fish from a, from a large pond. Mm. Right. So like, you, I, okay. Like I'm sick of living in New York city. I want to go to Denver and crush it. Yeah. You do fine because you're the big fish now in a small pond. Um, and I, that kind of had that same thing when I moved from Denver to San Diego with my degree and my tenure of, of had my tenure career, suddenly I wasn't being passed up. I was being called all of the time with every time I would submit my resume. And that was a really humbling experience. And I realized, oh my gosh, true change actually happens when you get out of your comfort zone and you move. And it's the best advice. If, if, if anyone ever has the opportunity to move to another city or move to another state or move and take an opportunity, I've got to tell you, it's nice to do it once or twice in your life because you're able to really, truly ruminate some real change. 100%, definitely. Yeah. So let's talk about imposter syndrome. And I love this question because I love to see how people, um, you know, feel with imposter syndrome, how they interact with it, how it's impacted their lives. So do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways? And what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Great question. You know, honestly, honest to God, I didn't really know what imposter syndrome was coming into this podcast. And mm -hmm. I'm happy that it was because I had to do some research on it. And to see that it actually influences my everyday life is like, whoa, it's pretty crazy. I mean, for me, do I feel like I fit in in most situations? Yes and no. It really depends on, you know, where I'm in or what exactly I'm doing. But for me, imposter syn syndrome is just pretty much that feeling like you don't fit in. You're feeling like a fraud, feeling like your achievements aren't meant to be for you because of your efforts. And I think I did suffer with that for such a long time in my life. I always felt that I didn't belong. I always felt like things, I didn't earn things and things just mm -hmm. happened by chance. And I think a part of that was just the way I was raised, the way that, you know, I was always being put down. My self-esteem wasn't always the best growing up. And that could be because of my family, because of the people in my community, in my schools. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the best feeling. And to carry that into my adulthood, I really had to just dig down deep and right. acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, may I ask like your family background? Like our ethnicity? Yeah. 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 yeah we're Filipino. Okay. So did you have a lot of pressure to succeed? Because I have heard this from a lot of my Filipino um, friends or even my, my Asian identifying friends or whatever they might be that there was this extreme pressure to survive especially if it was a first generation are you first generation or second first generation first generation yep lots of pressure yeah. to succeed so i heard you clock that <laughs> um but the and, and also i find this a lot with i've got a lot of indian friends too that are like yeah i went against the grain and they didn't like it it's like oh man like that's hard for anyone but i as a white cisgendered woman coming from a white family also had that pressure from my mom because my mom is a little bit of a narcissist so she put me on pedestal and was like you have to succeed you have to succeed you have to succeed and something I talked about in your podcast was getting diagnosed with ADHD and so mm -hmm. I like couldn't test well I didn't do well at things I was very creative and very weird and very classically neurodivergent and they were just like no like it's all A's or the highway and it was just so school was so hard for me and the fact that I made it through college I don't even know how 
<laughs> don't we? I don't all? know. How, but 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 that's going back to our first point. Like college doesn't really prepare you for anything. Like mm. you know, I I see these people like you know going out of, I have a lot of friends that are teachers and I have one teacher friend that's a teacher in an inner city kind of situation. I have another teacher who's a charter teacher for a gifted program kind of situation. So I have two different sides of the spectrum of like haves and have nots. And, you know, like when you, when, when my friend talks about her teaching as a person that teaches at this charter school for the gifted and everything, like the kids are progressive and they're using pronouns and they're doing this, that, and the other. And then my other friend talks about like where she works in Vista talks about, yeah, so like two people have a dad in jail. Like they don't, like I told them to write a paragraph. They couldn't do it. I'm trying my hardest. She's like, it's just, sometimes it's hard to teach kids that like I've already slipped through the cracks. So it's like, when you talk about like the haves and haves nots, it's like these affluent children are being told like, you have to succeed. You have to survive at no, under no circumstances. You have to keep going. And then, you know, you've got like some other kids that aren't given those same opportunities and have to like eventually figure it out themselves and have to actually put the pressure on themselves. Now I'm not saying pressure is good, bad, or the other. Um, it just makes it very difficult growing up when you're like, well, my A's weren't good enough. I would, like you said here, you're the eighth grade valedictorian in high school. You know, mm -hmm. you've, you've, you've done all these things and it's easy to like just discredit them and be like, I don't deserve them because like your parents are always like more, 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 better, better, better. Right. I mean, thank you for bringing that up about the salutatorian in high school. You want to know one thing that's really crazy. I was absolutely just sad and disgusted with myself for being salutatorian. And you can no. see why. Because I wasn't number one. I was number two and I wasn't number one. And because my brother oh. was valedictorian the year before. And, you know, uh -huh. when I look back at it, I was, it's so sad because that's a huge honor to just. Yeah, you can't class. accept it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, that hurts my heart. It. That hurts my heart yep. for eighth grade you and high school you. Um, and then uh, because you are Filipino descent, um, may I ask your opinions on Jollibee? <laughs> well, I'm. Oh God, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very hated for this, but I'm not a huge fan. I gotta say I like KFC or Popeyes <laughs> better. Um <laughs> my friend Venus is coming for you. She's going to oh, no. kill you. No, just kidding. No, I'm actually moving to Hawaii, so I'm gonna be living around a lot more Filipino people. And um I absolutely love Filipino culture. I love everything about the food and stuff. There's Thank really you. great Filipino food out here. Um, but I love I fucking love Jollibee when I found out that Jollibee was could deliver to my house yeah. from National City because like, Jollibees <laughs> are always near Jollibees are always near bases. So we've got LNL Hawaiian always around a base and Jollibee and usually like a churches and a Popeyes. I'm sorry, but like Jollibee's chicken joy, I don't know what they put, what spices they use, but I think that's why I'm here for it. But I can understand why you're like, I grew up on this shit. I don't like it. Like I'd rather have like right. KFC's like 11 <laughs> original spices. <laughs> Um, I just had to ask because my friend, my friends, my, my, my friend is, she also cleans houses. Um, and she's a military spouse as well. Her name's Venus. I had to help her get Disneyland tickets. She's such a, she's such a hoot. She always brings Jollibee when she cleans my house. She loves cleaning. It's her favorite. She, yeah. I, it's, she's the weirdest person. I love her so much. And she was like, she's like, you want a Jollibee date? I'm like, sure. Do you want to clean my Aww. house? Sure. So she's supposed to deep clean my house. What's your go-to order? Okay. So I'm obsessed with their gravy. Right. So we got, we were doing a little chicken joy moment, a two piece chicken joy. Okay. Uh -huh. And then I like to do a, like a large fry. And then I just get a large vat of gravy. Yeah. And gravy I dip the fries in the gravy and the chicken in the gravy. Cause I'm a glutton <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I don't know what it is about that gravy. I, I really, truly, like I told Scott, my husband a couple of years ago, when we were having a Friendsgiving here, when we just moved into our house, it was a housewarming. I said, I said, no one's claimed to make the gravy. I was like, I'm just gonna go to Jollibee. And I did, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I got a huge pint of gravy. Oh and my. like the, they, I, I confused the crap out of the 16 year olds behind the counter. I was like, I was like, I need the biggest thing of gravy you've got. They're like, what? I was like, uh, at like basically Ron Swanson. I was like, I'm sure you heard that I need all of the bacon. I'm like, give me the vat, the entire vat. But yeah, give it all. And, every, and everyone was like, this is this gravy slaps. I'm like, I didn't make it. It's jolly me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I love that we kind of went wildly off topic, but I, I I I can hear so much of myself and a lot of my friends and a lot of my guests I've had in that need and pressure and 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 disgust with yourself because you're just like it wasn't it wasn't perfection so mm -hmm. how did you kind of combat that and learn to kind of live with that and give yourself a little more grace because you sound like you've done some work on that definitely it's when i really got to college and i realized you know what 
being number two in the class, that's just a freaking number. It means yes. as much as you put into it. And I just thought, like, no one cares. Yeah. Like, most awards, to be honest, like, they kind of just have, they just matter in the moment. And after that, it, it just you just become a memory, a fond memory for people right. to think about. Right. Yeah. And so I kind of feel imposter syndrome as a content creator, honestly. Um, so, uh, you know, like how podcasters like to talk talk numbers and, oh, what's your listenership at? What's your download streams at? This, that, and the other. I have less than you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I, every platform I think calculates it differently. I'm on anchor.fm. So like, um, but I, there's certain podcast platforms that'll like tell you like, oh, you're like number one in Australia, like blah, blah, blah. And then like, everyone's like, wow, look at me go. And I'm like, I don't have any of that. And I have to remind myself that content creation is not a journey. And like, I have a very niche audience and I, people come week over week to hear what I have to say for a reason. And they like me. And I have to remind myself that because I have had guests that have made me kind of feel shitty, not you oh. kind of feel shitty. Like where it's oh, like, no. no, not, not necessarily. And it's, I don't mean this is a dig to my listeners. I don't mean this is a dig, but like when you compare your numbers to me and your growth and your success, like I get it, but it's a podcast about imposter syndrome. So I have it. <laughs> and sometimes I don't feel like I have enough skin in the game. And other days I wake up and I feel like such a badass. Um, I don't know. Have you ever felt that kind of like with content creation, like where you can kind of like you, you catch yourself kind of comparing your stuff to others? hundred percent in my regular <laughs> life. And also as a content creator, I, I've tried to stop looking at the numbers, Same. how many subscribers I have, the followers. I just try to enjoy the content because if you just think about the numbers, it's really going to drive you nuts. And it's going to have you comparing yourself to other people. You should just be enjoying the process. Exactly. And this is kind of where I'm at with content creation as well, because I like to talk about and break this fourth wall and talk about content creation with another content creator. Um, I've said this and I mean it wholeheartedly. It's a joke, but I have interviewed one too many life coaches and it's like, on matchmaker.fm, sometimes I feel like everyone's just copy pasting their pitches and they're not reading my thing. So right. I knew you'd actually read my thing, done your research, gotten in touch with me, which I appreciated far more than, you know, Sally life coach. <laughs> so, um, but it's like, I just want to, t I want to tell stories. I say that then there's no story that's boring. And I, it's so funny. People have imposter syndrome coming onto my podcast about imposter syndrome. Like, Oh, I hope I'm, I don't think I'm very, I'm really boring. I'm not interesting. It's like, and then they hear it back and they're like, what was I worried about? It went fine. I'm like, yeah, dude, you're friends with me. Like you should know, like, it's, it's just a conversation with me. I'm weird. Um, <laughs> but now I'm at a point where I'm releasing episodes. I, I'm on my own schedule with how I want to do things. I'm releasing episodes the way that I want to, the way that I need to, um, in a way that makes sense for me. Like at the time of recording this, you know, I'm looking at my, right now I've got it pulled up in a tab and I'm looking at all of my, you know, my, my back catalog of like how much stuff I have and I'm overwhelmed by it, but also I'm proud of myself. Cause I'm like, I automated it so I can move to Hawaii so that this podcast doesn't run me. I run the podcast and something I really worried about and something I'm, I'm feeling right now is a lot of fatigue with podcasting. Cause I've just done mm -hmm. it for so long. And because I've done it for so long now over this last year, it's like, you know, sometimes it all kind of runs together. So it's nice when I meet people like you where we're vibing and we're having a great conversation and, you know, it's like, it's like a good flowing conversation. It's weird when it's a person that like, I don't, cause I don't really actually do my research before I go into my podcast interviews, by the way, I just straight up just wing it, pull the document up that day so that I'm fresh with it. <laughs> so I don't overwhelm myself because I, I get right. nervous podcasting. I actually have to, I usually have to ride the Peloton bike before I press record because I get nervous. You mm -hmm. would, can't believe it, but the person who has a podcast about imposter syndrome has imposter syndrome. Wow. What are the odds? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Meta. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and, and imposter syndrome and like even talking about content creation, it lends into success. So I want to ask you this next question, which I love asking because I love hearing how people identify with the feeling of success. So what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? Right. So, you know, what? I actually have my answers pulled up right now because I like wrote some notes on your answers are funny, part. by the way. Yes. Yeah, so I actually <laughs> want to read this one because yeah, I actually this like is a this good one that I wrote for success. So for me, success looks like a pina colada on a warm day on a beach, staring into the ocean alongside my most valued friends and family. Success isn't about the measurable details. Rather, it's feeling content with what's around you. And for me, that's really it, because you know what? Everyone has a different definition of success. What I mm -hmm. think is successful, someone else might not think is successful. Exactly. So yes, it's, yes. So it's whatever makes you feel contented when you really don't want anything more yeah. and you're just enjoying the view, to be honest. Absolutely got some Moana vibes from that. Like, the sea <laughs> connects me. But it's true. Like, 
to be able to have that moment where you can have a drink on the beach with your closest confidants and, and just it's, and you're right. It's not about the measurable details. Like for me, realizing that even if I was paid more, even if I was paid adequately for my value, if a company or something doesn't value me, that's not successful to me. Success to me is waking up every day, getting to be myself. Success to me is knowing that I'm a good wife, a good spouse, a good person. Those are how I feel and measure success. Now, you know, uh, this, this pays the medium bills of what it does not. And a majority of what I do with my podcast earnings is I donate it towards um, social justice. So um, I just saw some, I just posted something today about someone, it was very upsetting and I, I don't need to get into it, but um, it's, I, I mean, I feel like it's just gonna bring the conversation down, but there was a girl, um, a black girl who was killed by five white teens. Um, mm. And I wanna say it was in Massachusetts, which is fucked up and they hung her from a tree, beat her, hung her from a tree and killed her. Um, and her name is Michaela. I wanna say her name is Michaela Harris. And we'll probably start hearing about this more and more and more, especially after the Chauvin, the Chauvin trial and the guilty verdict. Mm. Um, so I'm going to be donating a month's worth of earnings to justice for her because I don't want that to go on, on, to go unknown, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like, I know I'm doing the work and I know I'm, that makes me feel good to just be like, to, just, to not need the money and to, to donate it where it needs to go. Um, and that feels successful because there was a point in my career where I was scrounging to make ends meet and mm. I would have to call my parents for help a lot. And I ate a lot of ramen and it's nice to just, <laughs> yeah, it's nice to, it's nice to not be in that struggle situation anymore. But, you know, like I said, on your podcast, I wouldn't change any of the things I've done because they wouldn't have led me to where I need to be. And we wouldn't be talking right now. So I like your answer a lot and that makes me happy. Of course, yes, success. I mean, you have to enjoy the journey. The journey is what makes a success even more of a success. What, like with those things that you learn when you're still figuring stuff out, like you said, you're eating ramen, you're asking your parents for help. That's part of the journey. And for me, that's what makes life exciting. Imagine you had everything figured out and you didn't need any help from anyone. You didn't need anything. Like life would be so boring without struggles, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, something I've learned is that without struggle and without sacrifice and without extreme change, you can't really uncover really who you are and what you offer. And it's like uh, me in my twenties, I was a lost little soul. Get, just, just enjoy your twenties. That's my best advice for you. Just enjoy your twenties. They're going to be, you, you seem like you had your shit together a little more than I did. I'll be honest. I was kind of a mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and I, and you know, and I also don't think I was the best person in my twenties either. And I don't think I, I don't think I was kind enough to myself. Um, but you know, we talked about mental health and, and taking care of that and doing all those things. Um, you know, these were things I started doing in my thirties and my best advice to your listeners and to my listeners is if you have the opportunity to work on some stuff, do it. If you have the opportunity to move, do it. If you have the opportunity, if you don't like something, change it. It's life is too short to make accommodations so that other people feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. When are you going to stand up for you and do something for you? So I love that at your age, which I'm not trying to age you at all. I'm, I, I like that at your age, you have that confidence and that foresight because that's a really rare thing to have. Thank you. I mean, I try. I mean, there's many parts of my life that I'm still, you know, that I really think about and I'm trying to read books to help me figure those things out. But I'm honestly, I'm just still lost in my life. Um, but I'm just trying to live it day by day and just mm -hmm. seeking the opportunities. And that's, yeah. And I, not to talk over you, that's the best thing you can do. Because like I said, like when I was in my twenties, I felt like it was like a rat race of like, we're all have to go down to the altar. And I, you know, I've got a, I've got a friend that, you know, um, that is around your, I think she's 24, actually. I don't know what age she is. And she's an officer <laughs> in the military and she's, wow. and she's, and she's like, she's staying with me right now, actually. <laughs> um, well, before my husband gets back, they used to be on the same ship and, you know, she's, she's sometimes she says to me, she's like, I just feel like an adult, like a, a, a kid in adult clothes. Like who put me in charge? Why, why am I here? Like who, you know, and, and, and when am I going to get it figured out? And, and I said, honestly, JC, the second that you stop comparing yourselves yourself to others and realize that everyone's on their own individual journey, I was like, it's the better it's going to be for you. And like, just kind of reminding yourself that like, honestly, no one like, okay, Take this for example, you go to the gym. I used to hate going to the gym because I was always afraid people were looking at me, ha <laughs> imposter syndrome. <laughs> but now I have a Peloton, right? And I use that thing like, I like Ooh, all fancy. Oh, I've had it for three years. It's a great, great investment. Um, and that's actually the reason I came to New York City was to ride my bike that goes nowhere in person with the instructors pre-COVID. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that level fan. 
I'm also wearing a Peloton shirt right now, which my listeners wow. can't see, but I'm also wearing a Peloton necklace. Yeah, I'm crazy. Look at um, you. Okay. I, well, no, no, it's a, it's a cult. It's a cult for sure. Yeah, it's not an MLM. It's definitely just a cult. But, um, you know, I used to feel weird about going to the gym and like worried that people were like looking at me and like watching me and judging me. And, and seriously though, they're not. Mm-hmm. they're not like no one cares more cares about you i hate to say this but no one cares about you in the same way and they're looking at you with the worst thing and so for me like when something negative does happen and like the worst situation does happen i fixate on it and i have a hard time letting it go one from neurodivergency and two because it's then oh no someone actually said my worst fear <laughs> but overall, like no one's going to die. Like you're not going to be, you're going to be fine. No one's going to laugh at you while you do a squat, like stop, right. you know, yeah, it's like, just like, get out of your own way. <laughs> exactly. I used to work at two gyms when I was in college and even after college. And th- the truth is people are always checking themselves out. They're busy looking at themselves or focusing on their own workouts. No one's really looking at you, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. No one is, no one is listening, looking at you and like comparing yourselves to you. And that's something to just remind your listeners is like, at the end of the day, like the only person that cares is you about you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think we've like pretty much touched on imposter syndrome, unless you have any other words before we wrap up on that portion and a turn over to my favorite portion of the podcast, which helps us understand my guests and how their brains work. Cause I love fanaticals and unpopular opinions. Oh, well, you know what? I'm ready for that. Sounds exciting. <laughs> okay. So what is one or more or a few more things you're fanatical about? Why? Uh, I'm going to go first and say uh, Disneyland, my friends. It opened last Friday and I was there and I felt like an imposter the whole time. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're a girl with the podcast about imposter syndrome. She felt like a damn imposter. I thought they were going to kick me damn out because I have a military park hopper and I just so happened to be able to go. I'm going this weekend again. And it's me saying goodbye mwah, and blessed to to Disneyland. I'm gonna cry. I cried on all the rides. I cried when I saw the characters. I cried when I ate a corn nut. I'm an emotional bitch. We all know this. I have feelings. They're very big. And I love Disney because I had a traumatic childhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, who doesn't love Disney, right? I mean, I still watch Disney Channel up to this day. I'm not afraid. To Hell yeah. That. Hell yeah. <laughs> why not oh it's too much i feel like it's too much like kid kid programming now or i also feel like when we well at least when well i'm 32 so i'm 10 years older than you so when i was when i was your age no uh when i was in college uh lizzie well actually high school and college i was like the same age as lizzie mcguire so i think she's like maybe one or two hillary just one or two years older than me um, but mm-hmm. basically my middle school and high school experience was like Lizzie McGuire. And then when she really? went off, when she went off on her little European trip, that's when I was graduating high school <laughs> and I was still watching it. I had no shame. Uh, I love the Disney channel. I love Disney movies. Uh, what's your favorite Disney movie? Oh God. Um, oh no, I didn't think you'd ask me this today. Um, uh, it's okay. You can give me a, you can okay. give me a top five. Okay, for some reason, the first movie coming to my mind is High School Musical. I don't know why. Maybe it's the only Disney movie I can think of at the moment. I'm also thinking Lilo and Stitch. Yes. The movie. I have a Stitch I tattoo. That. I have a Stitch tattoo. Um, do Avengers movie counts? Because I love the yes, Avengers. Yes, they now series. are part of the. They are now part Good. of the collection. <laughs> um, there is also a ride at Disneyland for um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which uh, is really oh, wow. cool. And they're about to just. They're about to open a Marvel Universe that'll open on the sixth. But right now, Disneyland's only open to California residents. Uh, so eventually, it'll reopen and open back up. And I hope it stays socially distant. That was so nice. It was. I've never, you've never been able to walk onto Main Street without a crowd and do a full 360 loop <laughs> with my phone. And I did. And people were like, what time is it? What's going on? I was like, it's 3 p.m. Wow. This is how dead it is. I just ate a corn dog and cried. I want a Dole Whip and I'm going to cry more. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so happy. So it's my happy place. And I, I've always gone there when my husband was working on duty. And so I was hoping to have, oh, he deploys, whatever. I've got Disneyland. I'll just keep buying four day park hoppers. Um, but I, I went last year, like a, like the stupid bitch I am and didn't know there was going to be a pandemic because none of us knew. And of course <laughs> I went and I, I, there was things I said, well, I'll get to it next time. And then it closed for a whole dang year plus some time. Mm-hmm. So, and I got laid off too, but so anyway, that's my fanatical. I love Disney. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, and I don't care what anyone thinks because 
I don't know why people care. The people that adults like Disney, who cares? <laughs> it's for everyone. Yeah. So what are you, what are you fanatical about and why? Yes. So I am a hundred percent addicted to tennis. It's not the most popular sport out there. I wasn't the most athletic person growing up, but for some reason, I can't go a day without playing tennis on my iPad or watching a tennis match on my phone or just watching something tennis. Because look, this is one thing I love about tennis. First of all, I think the costumes like the athletes wear are freaking amazing. It's a fashion statement, to be honest. And also, when people play tennis, there's this amazing thing about tennis that people can always make the greatest comebacks. There's no time limits in tennis. You can literally be down zero games and the other person could be ahead by five games and you can just win the next six games and win the whole match. So it's one thing that I apply in my regular life too. Like it shows that you should just never give up. There's this, there's the most amazing tennis players. There's Rafael Nadal, Simona Halep, Serena Williams. And these people don't give up to the very last point, the absolute last point. Like it's not over until the umpire says it's over. And that's an amazing thing that you can take mm-hmm. into your life. Like it's never over to do something that you love, that you want to yeah. do, unless you give up. Yeah, this is why I love this question. And I love asking because you just perked up, lit up, and you just gave me a TED talk about tennis. I know. Which now I'm like, <laughs> I need to get a racket and go. Um, Honestly, and, and I love that. And then another thing I'm currently trying to get back into is roller skating i'm, I'm trying Whoa. to do that yeah my roller skates came and my friend brought hers and we tried to roller skate up and down the easement we probably looked my, my neighbors probably think i'm crazy we pro- well i don't like using that word but um uh, my ease the easement where my house is um yeah, uh, it's unlevel. And so all of a sudden I started going way too fast. I used to ice skate actually. So when you talk about sports that you love, I love ice skating. I feel that <laughs> way about ice skating the same way you feel about tennis. However, it's a lot more subjective in ice skating. Um, and I apparently four quad roller skates plus don't translate into um, the same grace and beauty of me on skates. Like that is a motor skill that I will have for the rest of my life. Cause I did it <laughs> from four until about 10. Um, so I've always, you know, so I feel that way about ice skating and I understand ice skating. So when I watch the Olympics, I understand mm-hmm. it. Like, I'm like, oh yes, winter Olympics, but tennis is one that I have never heard, but also <laughs> I think it's good that you like the more unpopular sport and the reasons why you like it and how it's like cutthroat. Um, I'm really glad that you didn't just put me to sleep talking about golf. <laughs> yeah, on, I would have. I, I would have. I would have gone to bed. That's one sport I don't understand. People hit a ball and it goes very far, and they drive to the ball, and then they hit. And it And then again. we clap. Yeah. And my father-in-law plays golf all the time, and I, I don't know. <laughs> and he's te- well. He, we're putting my nephew into. I guess we're gonna put my nephew into some um, golf lessons because he was doing karate, but. But oh. that just didn't seem like a good out, outlet for him or Tai Chi or whatever he's, I don't even know what he was doing. My, my nephew's six. <laughs> um, I love him. God, Lord, I love him so much. He's so funny. He's such a ham. The last time I saw him, he told me that the Berenstein bears are scary and he doesn't like them. And I was like, why? <laughs> and he was like, they look like rats. Oh, oh no. <laughs> sorry. Someone's, uh, so, give me a second. No problem. Um. My friend just called me and I told her I was podcasting. So give me a second. Uh, <laughs> let me text her real fast. Podcast. Okay. Call. Cool. I always turn my phone off on do not disturb. And I truly thought. No problem. I, I apologize. We're low budget over here. I'm so sorry. Uh, Are you gonna keep this in the interview? <laughs> no, but you, you know, like you can't hear. You couldn't. You couldn't hear me having a phone call. Like it's, it's only playing in my headphones. Um, and so I just reminded her. I was like, hey, I'm podcasting. Like you're right back. Oh, oh it was an accident. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Like, <laughs> I said butt dial. Sick dog. I love, can I just say also, let's talk about fanaticals here. I love that. Okay. I'm an Apple person. My husband is not, he's Android. He's weird. He's a green text message. Uh. (laughs) I know he's pixel, which, you know, pixels are fine, but his phone has been broken a lot more often than mine. I have the new iPhone mini. I love it. I got that for Christmas for my husband. Um, and I have, I have the magic keyboard. I have the magic mouse. I have MacBook air from like forever ago, which I swear to God, it needs to make it. My husband keeps wanting to replace it with a newer Mac for someone who doesn't like Apple products. He's so absolutely champions that he's, I have a watch. I have all the things. 
Wow. But we don't even have an, we, and I have Apple TV and all of that stuff. And I, I pay for Apple music because I like that it works. I use Apple maps. I'm one of those people. I refuse to use Google maps. Um, <laughs> and Siri's new updates have been really great with driving um, recently, which is nice. But I love that I can send a text message through my computer. I love that with the yeah. iMessage. It's great. You know, this feels like a paid sponsorship by Apple now. <laughs> uh, yeah, sponsored by my vaccine. <laughs> Isn't that what the Q and honors are saying these days? Whatever. Um, so let's talk on popular opinions. Um, I always say as long as an unpopular opinion is not racist or hurtful, um, it's good. Uh, for me, as you know, and I, you would be on the wrong podcast if you were not a person that is here for social justice and things they care about. So um, welcome. But I will go first with my unpopular opinion. And I'm going to just go back to the one I said earlier that when you, I used to, when I was dating, would try, I loved bar trivia. I love bar trivia. No one's bad at bar trivia. Everyone has useless knowledge in their brain. No one's <laughs> stupid. Everyone has dumb, dumb knowledge in their brain that they just keep and hold on to forever. Like it's just a fact. So I don't understand why people don't like bar trivia because I love trivial pursuit and bar trivia. I love it. I love, I love the questions, the rounds. I love coming up with a team name. I miss it. One day I would like to play again. I used to play, I played all through my twenties with a group of people every Thursday and we would change our name weekly and we always won. And we always basically drank at this bar for free. And actually I think it ended up closing post pandemic, but they had the best tater tots and <laughs> um, rip pub on pen in Denver. <laughs> what about you? So a few unpopular, I mean, an unpopular opinion that I have is don't take everyone's advice. I know we live through life, especially when you're young, people always expect you to listen to older people, listen to those that are wiser, but you know what? The best advice that you can take is from yourself because you know what's best for you. I like my whole life. I've taken advice from other people. I've taken advice from those that I thought knew what they were doing. And the older you get, the more you realize that adults are just as confused as kids. Yes. And you could really just follow your intuition, follow your heart. You will make mistakes. You will look dumb some of the time, but at least it's from your own thought and you learn something from that. Yeah, absolutely. I like that unpopular opinion and I appreciate that, that you shared that. And I think it's actually really good advice for my listeners. I mean, honestly, like we shouldn't be taking everyone's advice that's given to us. Like if, if, if everyone just followed the leader and like when we were just like lemmings, like we wouldn't be involved as a society, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a woman who doesn't want children um, as a, I, I always refer to myself as a gay man in a, in a, in a woman's body. Um, but also my <laughs> husband and I just, you know, it's not really on our cards. We're dog people. I'd rather have 75 Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. And I love other people's kids, but I just, and everyone gives me advice. They're like, you're going to change your mind. You're going to change your mind. I'm like, I'm 32. The, the baby making does that, that light bulb, that maternal light bulb hasn't come clicked on. I'm very maternal. I love kids. I, I'm a great babysitter. Everyone loves coming to Aunt Bianca's house because I, <laughs> I am, well, I'm, yeah, I'm like the fun aunt and I only have two nephews, um, but I'm like the fun aunt and um, I babysit my friend, my friend's kid all the time, Lena. And she's, she always says like, there's no way you don't have kids. I'm like, what do you mean you're four? How do you understand that? And she's in, I mean, my neighbor's kids, it's the same thing. She's six. She's like, your house is so fun, but you don't have kids. I'm like, yeah, well, why does that matter? I, I'm an adult and I like squishmallows, like whatever, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, I'm, and she's like, well, adults shouldn't. I was like, mm -mm. I'm gonna tell you right now, I have adult money and I pay for adult, like not, not adult things. I was like, I have adult money and I like things that make me happy. And I was like, the best advice I can give to you two kids is to not let anyone take away your joy. Like do what makes you happy. Like that's, that's all we can do in this pandemic these days. Definitely. Yeah. And that lends into the final question of, of today, which is what's currently making you happy in the world. I know it's a pandemic. I know things feel bleak that the rumblings of the mutations and stuff can be kind of hard. And you've been basically virtu working virtually in New York for this entire time, but what's making you happy in the world? I'm so happy you asked this. I feel like there's so many cons in the world right now yes. because of the pandemic and all the relationships in different countries. But one thing that's making me happy in this world is the podcast, the Time Capsule Show that I started with good friends and my brother of mine. I think that this podcast really 
showed to me and the group of people that I'm with that you can make your own opportunities. Don't you don't have to wait for someone to hire you. You don't have to wait for someone to invite you. You can get up right now and start something. You can be an entrepreneur. And I think this is what the pandemic really forced people to do is to make your own opportunities. Like with this podcast, we're in control of the content we want to put on. We're in control of the hours we want to work. We're in control of what we think looks good. And mm-hmm. to just have that own control makes me feel like makes me feel good about myself and it makes me feel that I'm actually doing something great and to work on this with people that I trust and that with people that we get each other I think that there's something that could be more satisfying at this moment yeah you know I always tell people I have this saying I haven't said it as recently as as often recently but there's a saying that you know I always I basically always say like, you have to come out of this better than you went into it. So if you're not bringing things to the table and basically um, making the world a better place around you, if you're being negative, like there's just so much positivity. I choose to look at things positively. I choose to um, look at things, um, you know, objectively and with a friend with positivity and with light and my love, my heart. Um, but you know, like we were kind of talking about this on your podcast when I was interviewing where I was saying like, we, we kind of like, you know, I, I have my, I have my unemployment. Right. And my past passport password hint is about Joe exotic. And doesn't that feel like it was a million years ago with the tiger King and banana bread and everyone was making sourdough and there was a toilet paper shortage. I mean, we've lived so much in the last year. The craziest thing is we're all going through this together collectively as a world, but everyone's experience is different. So how can you be the best version of you in this pandemic and still keep your sanity? And I like, I like what your answer there. How can I still be myself? Well, that's a really tough, but it's a really great question too. And I think the best thing you can do is stay off social media. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Stay off social media where yeah. everyone's just trying to compare themselves. Everyone's trying to look like the next TikTok stars. Everyone's looking at the numbers. And, you know, social media for me has just become toxic. And I haven't, I kid you not, I haven't taken a selfie in almost a year. I used to post all my food on Snapchat and all my stories. I used to take a lot of pictures and I would go out. And I found happiness not doing any of that. I found happiness not letting social media think that I should be something else. I think there's a power in just living with what you see in front of you and just breathing the air in front of you instead of living online. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You are so positive and honestly, you uplifted me so much because we actually let's peel the curtain back, the Wizard of Oz curtain a little bit. We actually recorded our, <laughs> our episode for you earlier today. So I'm actually talking to you for a second time. And um, I think that you've got something to say. You're doing some really great things. And so I'm really grateful that you um, d- reached out to me because it, now you're part of my my circle of people. You're in my content create network. And you know if I find opportunities that work for you or whatever, and if I can ever be a help in any way, just let me know. Um, but unfortunately we're winding down and oh, no. I, I know. So I always love to, love to give my guests the floor to promote whatever they like to promote. As always, I will put all the links in the description. So what would you like to promote? Yes, my podcast, our podcast, rather, with my friends and my brother, the Time Capsule Show podcast. We have new episodes every Monday and Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. And you can find more about us at timecapsuleshow.com. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at TCShow21. Awesome. And of course, my listeners, all those links will be in the description. And a thank you so much to my lovely guest who is on the Time Capsule Show. Um, check it out. It's really good, good, good good, heartfelt, wholesome content to maybe nourish you in these tough times um, right now, because I know that we're not out of the woods yet. Um, To my listeners, of course, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, go ahead and shoot me a little five-star on Apple. If you do have an Apple, if not, maybe shoot me a five, a Google. If not that, I don't know like subscribe share scream into a vortex that's all good you can find me and my merch at please don't kick me out.com my merch is please don't kick me out.com slash shop and like i said you can live your 90s fantasy we've got laptop cases we've got mugs we've got sweatshirts laura really knocked it out of the park and did a really great job so please check it out um and again thank you so much for being on my show today and i hope you have a lovely rest of your day Thank you so much. You too. It was great being here. Awesome. Oh. 
Oh my goodness, I am so excited to announce that of merch. It is my 90s fantasy, and I just have to say thank you to my friend, dear, dear friend, Lara, who is the second guest ever of my podcast. We just celebrated one year of the podcast. We now have a lovely website. She helped me help computer. Uh, and uh, so if you want to live your 90s fantasy, we've got mugs, we've got blankets, we've got fanny packs. We're, we're working on a denim jacket. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. So go to please don't kick me slash shop and buy some merch, y'all. Hey, weirdos, you know that the unofficial slash official sponsor of my podcast is Forbidden Bingo with DJ Rockstar Aaron Rich and Curtis. If you haven't played before, it is free to play online. What the heck else are you doing? It is a freaking quarantine still to this day. How long have we been doing this? Anywho, ForbiddenBingo.com or if you're in Denver, you can play in person on Tuesdays uh, and there's a lot of opportunities. So go to ForbiddenBingo.com. So I'm in Hawaii, so it's 4 p.m. my time on Thursdays and I'm bad at time zones and I went to Sylvan so I won't even say what other times it's at because you can get all that information from DJ Rockstar Aaron at ForbiddenBingo.com and Rockstar Aaron was also a guest on my podcast that was episode 84 and this last week I played with Lloyd Spencer from Below Deck how fun okay so it's 18 up to play no children just gotta say that ForbiddenBingo.com and tell Rockstar Aaron and the crew that I sent you mahalo Listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use PDKMO to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter pdkmo at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories and going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday. <laughs>